When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, episode number 134 for April 13th, 2021. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. What's up, everybody? Tony B coming to you from New Jersey. What's yes. Up? Oh, exciting times this week. This is a great episode. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, we have a couple guests on, which I'll bring in a second. And we're going to talk super about... Exciting. Super exciting. Uh, we're going to talk about all things cover band and all sorts of tomfoolery. Um, but I, I do have to start with something a little somber, um, and I, I'd be remiss if I did not do this. Uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, uh, Joey Batista, uh, is a drummer in New Jersey, and he is in the hospital uh, on a ventilator in a medically induced coma with COVID. Um, and he's my age, uh, around my age. So I just want to send out my heartfelt wishes to him and all his friends and all my friends up there and his family as well. And yeah. uh, hope he gets better. Um, COVID's still a thing, man. Don't let it, uh, don't let, uh, don't let your guard completely down because it's still there. Um, so, uh, heard that over the weekend. So did you get any, uh, vaccinations yet, Steve? I have not, but I, I intend to, and I don't really, uh, I am, I am out playing, but you know, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm wearing my mask. You're good. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so I need to get, this is 134, I need to get rid of this thing so it doesn't cover these gentlemen's faces. 134, uh, Steve, 134 episodes. See, you would, think thought, that's a, you would think that's a lot, but that's nothing compared to our guests. Actually, we're behind them, <laughs> anyway. Uh, our guests uh, run a podcast called Cover Band Confidential. They are celebrating their 150th episode this week, and they were kind enough to uh, to 
reach out and want to do a crossover episode with us, Cover Band Central, the two CBCs. Um, and uh, we're going to bring them in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Johnson and Den Ray. What's up, guys? All right, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's happening? Thank you for having us. Yeah. How are all these crazy audio levels? Um, it's good. I, you got a little lower somehow, but it's doing that thing. It's doing that thing. You do. There, that's better. There, there, okay. There. All right. And I'm just going ahead and turn this back on. Oh no! Now it's way loud. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do with this whole situation. It's Fair. like auto, auto. No, no, no. See now it's like super loud and super loud. Come on back down. Let's try. Let's see if this makes a difference. How that's about... better. Wait, wait, stop. Uh, uh, uh? There you go. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Don't we'll, touch we'll anything. And I'm okay. Dan, you're perfect. Dan, you're yeah, great. No, my, I'm, I'm just being difficult, as usual. That's okay. Um, welcome, fellas. Um, I love your episode, your uh, your podcast, Caravan Central or Confidential. I'm going to say that probably eight times this hour. I'm going to confuse. And the every two. time you say that, yeah, bring in the that's whistle, okay? that's the wisdom whistle. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I love it. You guys touch on a lot of the same topics that we do, and different topics that we don't. So. Uh, it, it's cool to watch you guys uh, and, and listen to you. And I, I try to catch you every time um, live. Um, but um, let's uh, let's start with the origins of it. Because I was looking, uh, we just passed our four-year anniversary um, uh, a couple weeks ago, right, Tony? Yeah. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Um, and we didn't, obviously, we weren't doing it every week, uh, especially for the first First two years, I would well, say. Well, in the very beginning, I think we came out like gangbusters, and then it was like you were playing a lot. I was gigging, and it, it just kept. It, oh, let's do it tomorrow night, and then something would come up, and then we say, okay, let's just push it to next week, and then we would hit it, and then you know, two or three weeks would go by, and then we would get back on it. But then I guess about you know COVID time, about a year ago, right, a year and a half ago, we started being more consistent with it for sure. Yeah, and we were doing audio only for for most of the time, and then we started doing video a couple months ago. But uh, but you yeah. guys have been doing it video all along, yes or no? No, okay. No, we we started doing the videos probably around the same time that you guys did. It was uh, you know, right as kind of COVID was kind of locking things down, and um, it was something we initially were going to do where like he recorded his side and I recorded mine, and then we put it together to like post it. But I mean, other than that, we just kind of we got a system set up, you know, doing it through. We're we're using a different you know, process than you guys, but streaming out through OBS and Dan, uh, is, you know, man in the wheels of steel over there doing all the, you know, the, the switching and all that stuff. So the dirty work. Yeah. Right on. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I've caught most of the video ones then, cause I thought you were, you had started earlier, but I went to your page, which, uh, anybody else can find to cover band confidential on Facebook. You can find their Facebook page there. And your page was created July 31st, 2017. So yep. it was, a few months after we started, you know, our audio thing. And it, back in the beginning, that's where we met Dan um, and uh, Clanky Lincolns. And you're yeah. going to have to, you're going to have to refresh my memory and our memory and tell the audience to the story, because I, in the beginning of our podcast, that was a, that was a thing. It was, we were talking to you, yeah. we are talking about Clanky Lincolns. So yeah. bring us back to your memory of that and, and, you know, what came of, and that was early, that was like within the first ten episodes too. Like oh, yeah. that was that, early that, for that, us. That was yeah. early for us. That was early in. Yeah. And um and so you know I was just um I'd been playing in bands whatever, but I kind of hadn't started my own thing. I'd been a side guy for pretty much well since high school. Um, and I was starting up this new thing, the Clanky Lincoln's kind of my own idea and my own energy to put it out there. And 
um, right about that time I started listening to you guys and it was, um, yeah, it was in the first dozen episodes probably. And um, I just thought, here's a couple pros. Let me just bounce my ideas off them and they could probably use some content too because getting something on its feet in its first dozen episodes is a real challenge. Yeah, yeah it was great. Um, so yeah, we had a couple of episodes where we, I don't think we ever spoke in person or anything, but I, we should talk by email and you spent an episode and then part of another one, I think, going over my set list and kind of giving feedback on some videos I sent you guys. And yeah, um, yeah, it was really great. Really, really contributed to what we were doing. And um, I will tell you, the band came out of the gate strong, uh, kind of in good part on the strength of your input. So it was really, wow. really, really great. Well, I appreciate that, man, because we, we, we also felt the same way. We felt inspired starting this new podcast, and then you guys jumped in and said, hey, we could use some, some in, input you know, and some feedback on some stuff, and it was yeah. great. It was like a collaboration, but it was like it was kind of validation for me and Steve like starting out saying, hey, there's some interest there. And then we had a couple other bands that then followed suit with you guys, and it was like had some momentum for a while there in that direction. But I got to ask you, Dan, how would you come up with the name Clanky Lincoln? So we were at Disney. At Disneyland, uh, D- Disney World, Orlando, and uh, my wife pointed over to the Hall of Presidents. Said, "You want to go see the Hall of Presidents?" And I said, ah, "I don't need to see any clanky Lincolns." <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, that's a great band name." I'm keeping that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. keeping that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was where that came from. And then I hired a local. Um, uh, he's a friend of mine. He's a comic comic book artist uh, named uh, Thomas Boatwright. Um, and he had just put out a comic book called uh, Zeke Deadwood Zombie Lawman. He does these sort of um, gothic, Halloween-y sort of, that's his whole sort of design p- position, right? And so I reached out and said, look, I need a clanky Lincoln. I don't know. Do your best. And he designed me, I don't know if you remember, my my logo, Abe, is this crazy dancing animatronic thing with right. flying yeah. out of it. And I, my first vision of it was like he was, he was standing there like dead. And then his sketch came back and it was so full of life. It was like, yes, that. Um, that is a clanky Lincoln. <laughs> that's the clankiest Lincoln I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So, yes, it's people ask if it's about the car. It's not about the car. It's about the animatronic, animatronic president. That's cool. Yeah. And you guys are still, because I, I was watching your episode from last week, and you guys are still, I mean, COVID obviously sidelined, sidelined everybody, but you, you guys are still got some stuff coming up. I know you said you were, you had some gigs booked, so they're still going strong, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we haven't, um, uh, we're working on when we're going to get back together. I'll say we're all, um, my vaccine is fully baked on Monday and the other guys are a couple, like a week or so behind me. So we're looking to get back into the room soon. So yes. Good. 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 Um, so yeah, that's, that's super cool uh, to have this tie in from the beginning of our thing. And then yeah. you guys, so did that, did that sort of inspire you starting cover band confidential or I know it's like you and Adam, you don't know each other in person that you met yeah, on cover band so central or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So talking about when the, the Facebook uh, page was founded, I initially started doing this uh, as a blog concept. So I started writing articles um, and putting them online. And, and that's kind of when cover band confidential kind of, you know, came into existence. Um, and kind of through the same channels, uh, I got plugged in with Dan, um, because, you know, when we were going into conversations and stuff on, you know, in the, in the Facebook group for cover band central, it just kind of seemed like whenever there was like some sort of discussion, uh, we tended to kind of be on the same side of the, the argument or the, you know, whatever the topic was. And, um, so I had reached out to him initially and said, Hey, would you be interested in, um, 
in writing an article for us. And uh, so he did a couple of those. And then, you know, as that kind of progressed, I was like, I think I want to start a podcast. You know, would you be interested in co-hosting? And, and it just kind of kind of organically happened through that. Um, I mean, you guys have been doing you. You guys have been at it much longer than we have. I think the, the the only thing that we have going for us is that we've been stubborn enough to do it every week, whether we knew what we were going to talk about or not. Right, right. Well, we have too. We just we never like, know what we're going to talk about. As, yeah, as Tony <laughs> said before, it was it was scheduling because I was gigging yeah. uh, most of the time pre COVID. I was playing in five nights a week or yeah. or some. So so we couldn't. And Tony's schedule work his work schedule is conflicts with mine. So yeah. Um, um, yeah, we can always line it up. It was uh, it was funny, guys. You laugh because even one time we said, you know, we let's we got to get back on track. Let's just do it tomorrow night. And, and Steve was like, "I get home from my gig at like two thirty in the morning," and I'm like, "Perfect. I get up at three o'clock to go to you know to get ready for the day. So let's do it. I'll call you at three, and we'll go from three to four, and we'll bang it out. And then you can post it later. And we're like, "Yeah, we're all gung ho." And I get all fixed set up, and we're, we're only doing audio at the time. And I call Steve at three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, "All right, dude, let's go." And he's just like. Yeah, dude, like oh, I can't do this right now. I yeah, it's not happening. It's <laughs> not happening. <laughs> there was a period uh, during the early parts of our podcast where we both got laid off at the same time, and so we were shooting, oh. we were doing, we were recording our podcast at like nine in the morning for like yeah. oh wow straight. That's why they have so many episodes. See, they're doing like five a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, right. we needed something. We, yes. Yeah, we needed we needed something to do. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it works, and and it's good stuff. It's uh, it's a good format too. Um, so tell, uh, cause I don't really know Adam about your musical background, like bands you're in or have been in or so tell me and tell everybody. Yeah. So, um, I came from the original music world, like most, you know, uh, aspirational musicians do. Um, when I, uh, I went to school in Nashville, uh, went to middle Tennessee state university and got a music business degree and played mm. a bunch of bands up there. Um, at that time, Nashville was kind of going through this kind of like DIY, renaissance kind of thing and there was a bunch of bands kind of from that uh that scene that were kind of blowing up uh bands like um well actually like kings of leon was kind of breaking around that time and then um other groups feeble wiener and slack that were like they had some some movement going but we were kind of a part of that crew uh i ended up moving back to atlanta and started doing some freelance work and kind of doing some hired gun work uh i I did. Uh, I did play in a with an artist called uh, Lucas Woodyard, who uh, I I ended up getting fired from that gig, and Rhett Scholl ended up picking the gig up after I, after I left. Um, right. But I ended up in a uh, in a female fronted rock group uh, called Stellet, and we did the whole kind of warp tour kind of thing, um, you know, playing with that those kinds of bands and opening up for national artists and doing all of that stuff. Uh, at some point, that band just kind of fizzled out, like they all do, and I was kind of bouncing around in Atlanta and um, a couple of friends of mine owned a, a guitar store and one of them, Mark Donnell's, uh, played guitar in a band called Yacht Rock Review, uh, which was, you know, kind of on their ascent as far as cover bands go in the Atlanta area. And I said, hey, are they looking for for subs? Um, you know, I, I could, you know, I could fill in for for vocals and stuff. So I auditioned for them and kind of became a part of their network. I don't know if you know of those guys, but they they basically have two different groups they've got like a like the main group and then they've got like a a cleanup group that's kind of like priced slightly different 
and I bounced between those two groups basically because they each had two vocalists and I would just fill in whenever one of them had something else going on or got sick or whatever. So, so you're, a, uh, you're just a singer or you play guitar too, or no, I, you know, in Nashville, I was a bass player. And then, uh, when I oh, okay. went to Atlanta, I was a guitar player, but yeah, I was, I was doing vocals for all of these. So I'm gotcha. I, okay. I, I work in, you know, all of those capacities. Uh, but for them primarily, that was a rhythm guitar percussion vocalist kind of role. Um, after doing that for a while, kind of getting my feet under me, decided I want to kind of do my own thing. And so I started an 80s group called Members Only. And that's been my primary uh, band for the past, I think, four or five years. Okay. So 80s covers. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so members that's, that's Only. Members Only is clever. It was the jacket. Yeah. As long, as long as you don't get sued. Do they still make jackets? Are they still in business? They do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we wear them. That was kind of the. Oh, whole, okay. The, the, <laughs> our, our look was we have these. Uh, these Actually, I'm wearing one of our shirts right now. Um, they're tuxedo, like 8-bit tuxedo t-shirts with member, black funny. members only jackets. Okay. So that, was, that was kind of the the intended look. So I hope they're paying you. And if not, you better, you know, tell them, hey, uh, listen. I, I'm I'm trying to stay off their radar because I'm you know, yeah. I'm, I'm putting their I'm putting their logos and stuff on other merch that we're selling. They probably wouldn't be super stoked on that. <laughs> yes, yeah, you could just this, this, yeah, yeah, just spell member spell members with a Z. There you go. Uh, yeah. Members. Uh, and there you go. A, we, we've got a couple of, of merch items that like I, I sent them to some friends. I was like, I don't know who's gonna sue me first, but you know, here we go. Uh but up up to this point we have we haven't run into any issues. Hey, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So you know, if you get sued, yeah. then there you go. Yeah, um, you just gotta have a back, you know, have something in the back pocket, just be ready to rename and rebrand. Right. Um so, uh, so then you guys started cover brand confidential and, um, you didn't really have a plan, right? Like you said, like we didn't either. Um, like you said, your kind of was your conversations between the two of you, how you were in sync and for, for myself and Tony, um, it was just basically the phone calls that we always had. And we were just like, Hey, let's just record them. Let's do a podcast. And yeah, I was teaching a couple nights a week and, and I was in the car every night at nine o'clock between like nine, nine forty-five. Yeah. So I, or driving to gigs and I would call Steve at random times and he would pick up and then we would just have these conversations where, you know, once you start talking, it becomes, you know, 45 minutes goes by. You've talked about a dozen things and none of it was planned. And this was going on like week after week. And then Steve came up with the idea and, you know, said hey why don't we do a podcast called the wisdom hour because we jokingly called it wisdom i'm like oh dude this is like wisdom hour you know talking yeah. when we're driving around because we're talking about all these band things and music and life and you know manifesting and all, all these cool like tangents that we would go off on and then we that was the, the commitment we made to say when we do this for a podcast we're not going to have a script we're not going to have an agenda we're going to have just you know what you know things will just organically happen and yeah. for you know 135 episodes it's it's been that way you know just, yeah. we, we just come in and we it just it goes in directions and people comment and call in and you know steve will bring up things and they'll talk about gigs and then it's just same thing it goes off on all these different branches of, of conversation and it's like reel it back in dude reel it back yeah. in <laughs> right and, and so speaking of manifesting you guys correct me if i'm wrong but you guys are both sort of into that personal development uh more oh, yeah. kind of um, and, um, and I don't, I don't remember what it was specifically, Adam, but I think you, there was something that you, you had posted about a book you were reading or audio book maybe. And it was something that I had already listened to, or, or it was just definitely on the same page and the same vibe as, as stuff that I dig and Tony digs. Um, yeah. do, you, do you remember what it was? Uh, I don't know if I, 
I, I tend to read a, a bunch of those, but um, You're a Badass is one of them that I've... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jen Sincero's, like, I, I guess you could call it the Badass series. I um, got my... Got, I got my... My daily calendar, and yep. you are a badass right there. Yeah, those so. those books are great. And then, you know, a lot of the personal development stuff around like social media marketing and just kind of like building businesses in general. Um, that's those are all definitely things that I uh that I really enjoy, you know, consuming and you know, sharing with other people. Um, and you know, talking about like how we kind of come about things, you know, when we when we started, it was more of a point counterpoint coming from different perspectives. So like okay. Dan being uh, the clinky Lincolns is a group that plays primarily in bars and clubs. And, and they were more of that kind of, that kind of band. And, you know, members only was a, a group that was primarily doing private events and, you know, uh, municipals and that kind of thing. So it was, it was kind of like, how do you come, how do you take a singular concept and apply it on both ends of the, you know, of the spectrum, I guess. And the other thing was, you know, you guys do so well at like, just live in the life the, the 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 conversation just about like what it is to be in bands and what that's like and uh you know and then the the, the sort of third brand in the space gig gab who we have tons of respect for too they, yeah. sure they're like very um they're kind of like that well as well they tend to be a little more focused than either of us on a particular yeah topic. gig gab is dave hamilton and paul kent who mm-hmm. had me on their show their podcast, and I think it was episode 50, it was 50 something. It was it was early in their thing too. And they had found me, Paul reached out to me because of Cover Band Central. And that was really Cover Band Central in its infancy. I had like yeah. 15,000 people maybe on the page. Yeah, that was early and, on. And they had me on there. So they kind of inspired me to say like, hey, I want to do a podcast too. I, w- I really enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, well, but between uh, them and you guys, we were inspired to do that. You know, we had them on our 100th episode. So 150. Right, right. You guys, right? Um, the, the the kind of niche we identified was sort of the business side of it, um, sales, branding, marketing. Like, what is it to lead a band? How do you price it? How do you, you know, those kind of topics? Um, we kind of felt like we could we could park ourselves there and have something that was a little different than what other yeah. other folks were doing. Although yeah. certainly we cover all the same kind of like, how was your gig talk, which yeah. is. We all love that. That's what we do. Sure. Hey, but it's still all useful information, though. Yeah. Right, that yeah. everyone can benefit from, and like you know, everyone's always questioning, oh, that no one's going to want to pay that much for the band, or how, how much? What's right. your minimum? What, like, what do you really go out for? You know, what's it? You know, because that's the age-old thing, right? Like, we, oh yeah, we love doing it. So some guys will say, well, I'll play for like thirty bucks, you know, and right. it's like, guys, no! you know, you, you think about it. Like we used to laugh and say, you know, you do a private gig and it's an hour away. And you're going to have a four or five hour show. And let's just say the band's getting paid good money. Let's say you're getting paid like 2,500 bucks, you know, yeah. and you have five people in the band. You say, well, everyone's getting 500 bucks, but then you start breaking it down. It's like, yeah, well, it's a 10 hour day. Right. You got travel there and back. You know, when you're, like you said, even at a premium, you're getting paid less than 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the reception is in the same room where the ceremony is. So you got to set up before the ceremony and then go cool your heels somewhere for four hours. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, so, it gets, the, so yeah. it's all relative. So you, you got to take that into consideration. And and like a great thing me and Steve used to talk about was saying, you know, you, you present your band to someone, you say, okay, so it's it's going to be you know thirty five hundred dollars for the band. They say, oh, that's a you know we're thinking more like fifteen hundred. And then it's like, but they have to realize that okay, when you explain it to them that way, hey, there's five people, we're bringing thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment between instruments, PA, you know, everything that goes into it, the travel, the pack up, you got to load, unload. And so when you break it down for people that way, then they're a little more you know in tune to saying like, wow, I never really looked at it that way. Like I think it's a lot of money for a band, but you got five people. People that are investing, you know, twelve 
hours of their day for that one performance, if not a little bit more, you know, and then all the other ancillary stuff like that goes into it before and after the gig. So it definitely puts it into perspective to where, you know, like you said, the days of going out for 50 bucks is, you know, it, it's, it's just not feasible because I mean, plenty of guys will do it, but you know, to all of us, you, you know, we haven't been doing this for two or three years and we're just, you know, we're, we're still passionate about it, but yeah. you know, when you do this for 30 years of your life, you bring a certain level of, of wisdom and experience and, and talent, you know, collectively as a band and that that's worth something. And you well, hope and that also, gets appreciated too. Yeah. yeah you also, but it like, doesn't. you know what it's, you know what your time is worth. And so, yeah, if somebody comes at you and they're, they're undercutting you by like 50%, you'd be like, well, I can take some things away if that's what you want. Um, but otherwise, right. you know, this is what we're, this is what we're worth. And if you want to find a $1,500 group, there's plenty of them out there. But, uh, if you want us, right. this is what we cost. Yeah. And if you're playing a venue too, that's, uh, you know, a private party like that, and it's a catering hall, they're going to ask you for insurance, you know? So if yep. you don't have a yearly policy, you're going to have to pay the money, you know, for the one-time event, which might be, you know, 150 bucks, right? They write you the insurance policy for one night or whatever. And, and you know, it's a lot goes into it. Yeah, we did an episode yeah. a couple of weeks ago about like banking, like how do you set up an LLC and like, you know, the ins and outs of like what it takes to like get a check with your band's name on it. Like, you know, what, yeah, right. what are the nuts and bolts on, on getting something like that done? So, you know, there's That's so good many little, there's so many little like bits and pieces that like, you know, we spend all this time like doing lessons and playing on stage. And then like you realize that like at the end, there, there's this entire other discipline that if you don't know, you know, you can still work, but, you know, having both sides of the, you know, of, of that, of that conversation and knowing how to navigate both of them makes you so much more marketable, so much more valuable. And it, it, it allows you to make more money because you get to call the shots and you know how to make things happen. Oh, and it makes you more efficient as a yeah. band, right? Absolutely. And you have more fun with less stress. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were talking on your show like a, a, a couple weeks ago and you were kind of going in this direction and, and you didn't quite get there. Um, but I want to bring it up now and see what you guys think uh, as far as coming back to playing now post COVID. Um, you know, we saw we all saw how this affected musicians, this this pandemic and and music fans, too, in particular, how it affected them. Um, they really miss it. They really need it. They're very vocal about it. You know, I have a lot of friends who are just music fans, aren't musicians, and it's very therapeutic for people. And that's something that I always knew. And that's something I always enjoyed about being a musician and playing live is really being that therapist um, and, and getting people to dance and have fun and forget the problems and whatnot. So it, it, it's my belief that coming back now, because I've been back playing now for a few weeks, yeah. that this is the time to ask for more money. This is the time to say, hey, look how valuable we are. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you were making a hundred bucks a gig for the last 20 years, now's the time to step up and, and, and be proud of your worth. Don't be afraid to say, look, you know, we want to make this amount of money yeah. and aim high, aim yeah. high and let them talk you down because you're not going to talk them up. Right. After after you settle on something. So aim high and say, look, people need this in their life. And we are the facilitators of this joy that was yeah. missing for the last year for everybody. We deserve to get paid for this. Yeah. That's how I feel. And right now, where I'm back working in New Orleans, we're actually getting paid less 
right now because it's not 100% capacity. Right. And they're saying yeah. when it's 100% capacity that they'll bring us up to normal pay. But I think, no, no, no. We ask for way more now. They need us. But I was going to say, Steve, that seems to be the, the consensus in Jersey too, right? Because only 25%, even New York is 50 and the and the club owners will say, even if you could bring, you know, a hundred people that would normally pack this place, I can only let twenty five of them in. You know, I can only See, let I, fifty of them in. I think yeah. they shouldn't be doing music if that's the circumstance. Like, well, that's what yeah. happens. They right, say right. either like we're going to pay the band, you know, a hundred dollars a man to come in and do a three hour gig on on a Friday night or even a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon, just just to to start to revive the scene, kind of, you yeah. know, and get people back out again. But again. Like I'm supposed to play Friday night. The the forecast Monday was saying it was going to be like 38 degrees and raining. So you know it's a conversation to be had with a. It's a place we play all the time. So the guys either going to say, "Listen, I don't anticipate a lot of people coming out. Either I got to pay less money, or I'm just going to bag it and not have the band. You know, yeah. because I'm going to have to switch to indoors. We can't have music indoors yet. And even if I could, you know, if I have 200 people max capacity, 50 people is not going to foot the bill for a full band for the night. You know, and pay the staff and everybody. So that's the only counter argument i see to what you're saying it's well, like, now but on the flip side but not to, hang on and then but i've said to the guys in the band too like they said to me the conversation of like well I, you know i don't feel comfortable asking for 500 because they're going to have that exact response well you know what you ask the question first and you present it that way and say we're worth it and if you want to have quality music that's what it's going to cost and yeah, because you're and laying so, groundwork for later is why and yeah. so far the places right. have been like no problem paying 500 bucks for a three hour you know sunday afternoon gig because they kind of have a built-in crowd and it's outdoor so that's going to be the other caveat if it's an outdoor thing then you have an opportunity to have more people like my gig friday is supposed to be outdoors if it's nice weather and it can actually be outdoors then you could have you know 100 plus people legally out there and it would be you know plenty but if it, it you know it's, it's a slippery slope to navigate is all i'm saying because you got you want to maintain the relationship with the club owner too and you want to be sensitive to his needs to say look man i'm not gonna you know I'm not going to open up for a Friday night and end up losing money, you know, so to have right. a band and have everybody there. And right. you got to respect that and say, that's cool. You know, so let's reschedule it and do it another time when it's more ad advantageous for both of us. And that goes a, a lot longer than just saying, well, you know, either you pay us X or we're not playing you. Right. So but I see, gotta, I, I'm trying to look forward when like everybody's vaccinated, we're back to normal. That's when we, we, we need to ask for more. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so it. So in Georgia, we, we've been open this entire time. They have shut yeah. nothing down. So like those, ba like the, the venues are open, bands are playing, like that never happened here. And full capacity, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, there, there weren't a lot of um, mandates around those kinds of things. They were just kind of like basically like left people to fend for themselves uh, for better or worse. So like for bands down here, like a lot of them never stopped working. Uh, you know, bands like us decided that, you know, in, you know, this is another thing we talk a lot about. We felt from a branding perspective that that wasn't necessarily good for our brand. It was better for us to take the time off to tell people, hey, we're concerned about your safety. We're concerned about our safety. So we're going to we're going to pause this and we will come back as soon as we feel like we can put on a show for you that, you know, isn't going to put you at risk and isn't going to put us at risk. And I've you know, we I've been turning work down for months now at this point, just because I, you know, from a branding perspective, I don't think it's the right thing to do. And, you know, you, you guys talking about, you know, whether you're, when you're talking to club owners or, you know, prospective clients for private events, you know, branding is how you get to that conversation. 
you need to be able to go and and show that you're worth that worth the money without necessarily having to sit there and go well here is you know the spreadsheet of all the things that we bring to the table like you sh it should be you should be positioning yourself on social media just on whatever channel you can as you know the highest quality product the best you know the best way that you can so that you don't necessarily have to do that that you know negotiation that kind of convincing you know over the phone you know you know it, your your reputation kind of precedes you in those things you know sure yeah I, I mean we've talked about that a lot about marketing and about how to present yourself online um being professional having a website having a facebook page having a facebook group too is is huge um as you guys know with cbc how big that got um and uh and branding yeah making yourself look like a pro that that definitely goes a long way uh um and, and word uh, of mouth too, reviews, branding. like you said, when you're doing stuff on private events, you know, it's always good when someone says, Hey, so-and-so recommended you, Yeah. you know, then you're not really negotiating price because they already know what they're getting. And exactly. they recommended you because you were the best band they ever had at their event and everyone loved you and it was great and everyone danced and, you know, it's fantastic. And they, those are usually the clients that will tip you at the end of the night as well, mm -hmm. because, you know, to your point, the corporate gigs in the private world, you know, they have the budget, they have the money to do it. You're not struggling with a bar saying, you know, how many people did you bring, you know, and yeah. how much money did they have to register at the end of the night? These guys. But the cool like thing said, is, is that if you're doing a good job and you do those kinds of gigs, you're still making that kind of money. And, and you're, you, you know, for us, we have, we have venues that we play. We don't do a lot of public events unless they're like municipal, like citywide stuff, but we, we play like a handful of clubs. And when we, when we do it, we, it's, it's a big deal. And so, you know, for us to go into one of those clubs and do a ticketed event and for us to walk out with $2,000, $3,000, like that's, that's basically par for the course. And the thing about that is, is that at a club like that, where you're getting a certain kind of clientele, that's just a sales funnel for us to play more private events. So, sure. you know, you get into that certain channel of, you know, venues and clientele. And then, like you said, it's the word of mouth kind of gets around and then you just, your price just kind of gets set for you. And, you know, it, it makes or to, that, your, that or to your point, so a guy easier. walks up and says, hey, I'm having a 50th birthday party. I want to hire you guys. Yep. You know, he, you know, here's my number. Call me. You know, we'll, we'll work it out. And then, Absolutely. you know, they already know what they're they're expecting and they've sh you've already showcased the band to them. Right. Yeah, so that's, no, that's 90 percent no of how you know? we get our work. Yeah. And right. so, Dan, there's another project I think you were talking about that you're involved in besides Lincoln's. I do have what? an acoustic duo. Uh, OK. Cold Iron Ray. My partner, Taylor Cold Iron, is duo partner in it and she's um a really great singer and fiddle player and so we do very broad range of covers in a sort of a duo acoustic um format. and are you playing you're playing now oh we played some yeah we played um uh it's been a bit but uh we, we have a date in the uh practice room on the day that my vaccine is cooked so <laughs> that's gonna happen and dan did that come about as like um a product of necessity being you know downsizing or or was it just a different avenue of of music you know you know it actually happened before covid um for a while i was playing guitar with a a um original jam band sort of dead inspired um uh, psychedelic americana they say their their genre is um uh called um viva la muerte which people should look up they have a new album out that's really really great and taylor played with them and so she and i met each other there and there were a couple of times we'd be playing along and the lead singers between us we were doing um oh dead covers or some of their originals or whatever and we'd both be harmonizing across the lead singer and there were a couple of times we looked across stage and thought 
kind of caught eyes and thought, oh, that's pretty good. And she reached out to me because she um, uh, wanted to stop being a waitress for, for, for life. Um, uh, she's uh, young. She's just graduating college this year um, and, and waiting tables to, to fund herself and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thought if she could do a couple gigs a week, couple, three gigs a week, that'd take her off of waiting for those nights and that'd be great. So we put it together and we, um, um, for about six or eight months before the COVID shutdown, we were, we were playing pretty steady. Um, the other project that I've had, and I've, I've been pretty creative about um, solo acoustic opportunities. So I invented a um, live acoustic trivia, pub trivia game that I hosted weekly at a brew pub in town. And then I also am doing a live acoustic karaoke thing, which um, I'm working right now on how to reopen that in a way that is pandemic safe. I don't really want the whole world to come up and empty its lungs Share next to me. Right? Yeah. It's not really a good plan right now, probably, <laughs> yeah. but maybe in a month or two. Um, and I've just been building this online. Um, in my day gig, I do software. So I've been building a touchless karaoke request and queuing system that Adam demoed for me this afternoon. Huh. Very um, nice. So I'm getting to where, and then I found on Amazon a 200 pack of these tiny hairnets, basically, that go over a mic. And so it's like a mic screen protector thing. Um, and so the idea is somebody will take one and use it and then put it in their pocket. And next time they come up and sing, they'll use it again. And I'm just thinking through how to do all this in like a touchless yeah. way that's not going to, because I always felt very, community mics have always creeped me out. It's not. Even before COVID, that wasn't healthy, right? So, yeah, yeah. Maybe just yeah. get like a plexiglass phone booth with like an overhead mic hanging in it, and then just you know, let them go in there. There are, yeah, there, but, yeah, there are certainly a lot of ways to do it. I, you, I, you, but yeah. somebody has like claustrophobia, and then you're like dealing with somebody having a panic attack right next to you on stage. I don't, I don't know the, the logistics. That. Yeah, you shoot <laughs> it with a fire extinguisher real fast. That wakes them up. There you go. There you go. So, so do you think going forward, as as people get vaccinated and this all kind of clears up, that that people are still going to be um, sort of leery about germs spreading. Like, do you think that's going to be a thing? I hope like so. having the touchless things and having. I hope so. Yeah. I'd love to see handshaking go away. I'm trying to make finger guns. <laughs> For some, finger man, I mean, is pretty I, good. Some people you see yeah. just don't. You know, they, oh, I forgot to put my mask on, and they're just you know they're acting like it's it, that COVID doesn't exist. You know, yeah. I had one guy the other day tell me, "No, I'm good. I'm vaccinated. Like I don't need to wear a mask anymore." I'm like, dude, it's not the point. You know, so I think you're going to have both sides. You have people that are very still, you know, going to be vigilant, you know, and, and and stay the course, and other people I think are going to be like a free for all. Like, oh yeah, man, I like I'm vaccinated. It's good. Numbers are down, and you know, I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like to see it normalized that like, like it is in Asia, like you have a cold, you just don't go out of your house without a mask, right? Like it's just the socially. Right. Thing. Yeah. That's, it's that's polite. Respect, right. Exactly. That's it's respect a, for others though. Exactly. That's, exactly. you know, their culture. It's a manners thing. Chad Cunningham says, Hey all. And it's got Marvin up, the Martian giving us the finger. What's up Chad? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think you're right, Tony. Cause that's what I'm sort of seeing here in new Orleans. Now that basically bourbon street is open back up. Um, they, they first, it was bars had to be closed at 11, for the first few weeks and now it's one. So it's basically, you know, yeah, okay. It's basically back on. And there, yeah, there've been people, crowds. pardon? How are the crowds? It's busy. There's people okay. here. I mean, and there have been people here for months um, coming still. It's a, it's a major tourist city. So people are still coming here. And uh, even without Bourbon street open, when it, everything was shut down, people were still walking up and down Bourbon street um, just because it's Bourbon street. 
And, um, and were they wearing masks, Steve? Or are they just? So, I mean, I don't know because I wasn't really there, but I, I saw videos and pictures, and some people were wearing masks and some weren't. And that's what I'm seeing now. Um, it, it's a mix. You know, there's some people walking around with masks, and some people with, with it down by their chin, or some people that are just free for all, mask free. You know, so um, it's. I, I don't think. I don't know if they're requiring it for people walking in the club. I've seen the doorman like say it to some people, but, but then I see people in the club without a mask on. So I, I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I, I, I'm thinking as we go forward that that's just going to lessen more and more, sure. you know, the mask wearing. Sure. Well, and like Steve, you had said last week, they had, had clear shower curtains hung. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's gone now in front of the stage. No, but I'm saying like in the beginning, it's like, Oh, you know, we're taking COVID precautions. And then like a month, a month in, it's like, you know, curtains are down, masks are not being worn, you know, you're indoors. It's, it's, you know, yeah. You know, to have, uh, just, you know, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this in, in your neck of the woods, but we have shot girls that walk around the bar and they have these trays of these tutors, you know, they're in like little, like uh test tubes Mm -hmm. of, and, what they would pre-COVID, what the way they would distribute these is they would go up to somebody, they would put the bottom of it in their mouth, and they would put, you know, two or three of them at a time in their mouth, these girls, and then go up to people and just basically shove the shot in somebody's mouth and then lift lift up and then put them down and you know, down goes the shot into their throat. I Very unsanitary. My my wife. I mean, no, I've never, never experienced this before. It's very unsanitary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can imagine. So I haven't seen that happen, but with the chakras, what I have seen is another thing that they do is put, they put the tutor down their cleavage and then have somebody come and take it out of there and, and drink it. And I have seen people do that. So I don't that know. seems much more sanitary though, Steve. There's no, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, sure. It does stories about that too. <laughs> it's a slightly more sanitary. <laughs> he, he's heard stories allegedly that that, <laughs> yeah. that goes on, you know, <laughs> I can neither confirm or deny. Exactly. <laughs> I've heard someone told me, you know, I'm passing story. Yes. That, you know, I'm just passing along what I know, but like Sorry. I said, like in Atlanta, like none of this is, is a thing. Like clubs are right. open. People are out. No one's wearing a mask. I, I did a I did a gig um, at this at this venue a couple of weeks ago, and I was literally like the only person who wasn't on like the venue payroll that wasn't that was wearing a mask. But I, right. I did the whole night in a in it. I did the whole gig singing in a mask, like just I just wasn't willing to risk it. Wait, what? You sang with a mask on? Oh yeah, yeah, real <laughs> high. Like you know, if you got one of those Shore Super Fifty Fives, you can. I mean, it's a nice big diaphragm. Like doesn't. It's it's more like a like a pop filter, really. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't really impact the vocal quality I did it that for much. Three straight hours. You know. Wow. Top to bottom. So it can, can be, be done. done. Yeah. You know, I think it's what stake you have in the game too. Like, you know, I have elderly in-laws, and we visit them, and it's like you don't want to. God forbid, you bring something there; they're not going to survive it. You know, yeah. they're yeah. in their nineties. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got some respiratory stuff in the family here too, so we've been pretty. Yeah, so you know, and other guys in my band have people in their family with asthma or who are maybe yeah. com, you know compromised in some other way, and yeah. and it's a different. It's not a statement to say, well, I'm not wearing a mask because of this. It's like you're wearing a mask, like you said, culturally out of respect, but because you want to protect your your loved ones, you know, because it is real. And like like Steve was saying earlier, you know, friend of ours from New Jersey, drummer is is you know on a vent in a, a induced coma from COVID. You know, yeah. and he dies in his fifty in his fifties. So it, yeah. it's it's very real. You know, it's it's still here. 
Yeah, I mean, my, yeah. my dad is in cancer treatment right now. So we, you know, that was just, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take every precaution because I'm, you know, that's not something I'm willing to, right. to, you know, to do to somebody else. Chad's Jones and for live music. His last concert was 2019. So, yep. and that, yeah, it's a lot of people, like I said before, there's a lot of people that are like that. And I think they're willing to pay a little extra to somebody mentioned earlier. I didn't put the comment up, but somebody mentioned earlier about um, charging uh, cover charges at the door, yeah. which, which we don't have here in new Orleans. But um, I mean, is that something you guys, uh, obviously for not for private events, you yeah. know, that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, not, that's but, the venue for us. Yeah. yeah. Same, same here. Yeah. That's kind of the same. It's always been. Um, and tips to the saving grace for me here is new Orleans is a, is a tip culture. Yeah. So anybody that's doing anything in performing is accepting tips. Um, yeah. It's expected here. So, but surprisingly, people here have been tipping well, um, and maybe not surprising, maybe because they do appreciate and they really want to show their appreciation. Yeah. And I always make sure I say that on the mic when uh, generally the way we do it is our singer will walk around the room with a, a bucket for, for the tips. And uh, and I'll get on the mic and say, hey, we haven't been working in a year and we got some overdue bills. So yeah. you want to throw a couple bucks in there. And that usually works. It gets people to laugh a little yeah. and, and uh, uh and people have been very generous. Um, so I'm making more tips than, than definitely than we made pre-COVID. That's great. Yeah. I, I posted an article the other day and actually I shared it on the, on the group about um, creating uh, QR codes and stuff for like a landing page. So like something that you can just scan with your phone that allows you to do, you know, virtual tipping and all that stuff, basically like making it as like easy as possible to, uh, you know, relieve people of their of their hard-earned money. yeah that's yeah. the that's the key make it easy don't make people jump through hoops to pay you make Never. it simple there's a band down here called chicken on the bone that does that they have the qr code and they have the their venmo thing listed on you know right on the front of the stage and, and all that it is super um, easy to do now it's you know it, yeah and it's free you know you can do it without spending spending a dime and you know it, it's 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 a really great way to you know, help with branding. And again, it's one of those things where like somebody sees it and they go, Oh, wow, this guy's got his act together. Um, so it's just, it's good for, you know, for branding overall that like you've got your, uh, you've got all your ducks in a row, as they say. Yes, you know, indeed. The, um, the karaoke thing that I just built, it was my project over last weekend. Um, I built into it a way for you to, as you're requesting to sign up to sing, you can add a tip and skip the line. Okay. In so it's all automated sign up, right so but it, that's yeah. all automated it all just goes right through your paypal and then it shows up on my screen as like this person just donated to tip i donated a tip ten dollars and jump to the top of the queue and so like you know you can give a little value for it and give it you know some some oh, that, that's cool and so is it what are, are you using venmo or are you using paypal or, or well for, this, this thing that i built i just built from scratch because that's what i do in my day job um but it does use paypal to see because i had that idea years ago and i mean i think it's it's clever is to have an app and let people go you know download that app and request a song so you get it boom and then tip you right in that app is that similar to what you have or essentially exactly what i did yeah i see i had that idea years ago too and i i don't i don't know how to make apps clearly well, the added benefit though <laughs> for that though is that it's not a it's not an app it's just like a website you go to so like right. somebody scan the qr code and it takes them to the site and they're kind of already in it the downloading the app part is part is one of those barriers that like some people are just like not that's true across you know 
That's true. That's a good point. You got to understand, though, guys, at the beginning of COVID, like Steve and I had a lot of hard decisions to make. We had to let go of some like non-essential personnel, like wardrobe, you know, a couple of stylists, <laughs> the, you know, the, the the app guy, the guy who brings Steve's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the middle uh, of the interview. You see he hasn't eaten anything. You know, it's it's a tough time, you know. I got to make it myself. But we see your hair. Right, you're lucky. No, you're yeah, your hair guy's still on. No, your hairstylist is still hanging around, clearly. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I paid extra for that. I'm not letting that. I'm not letting Melissa go. She said, "You're you're safe forever. You know that." Yeah. She's <laughs> oh, it's Melissa, sweet Melissa. Yeah. She always comes yeah, through. It's, it's hard times for all of us, man. You know this this podcast game. I think you know. <laughs> if, if any, I, I definitely, if I declared a loss this year on my taxes, it was definitely for buying. Yes, podcast, podcast live stream related stuff lights and interfaces right. and lights sure. and cameras yeah. and this yeah. crazy boom arm and i got a yeah. standing desk now it's just it's ridiculous so what have you guys found adam and dan what have you guys found doing 150 episodes for yourself like how has it helped you and what kind of feedback have you gotten from people and how has it helped you really professionally or 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 personally just doing this because that's a lot of episodes yeah uh, you know i would say that if i learned anything from doing this is i just learned what worked for dan and that alone was valuable you know i think one of the things that we struggle with as musicians there's this competitiveness there's this there's there's this nature to kind of like keep things to yourself and be precious about the things that you know and i think that it is one of the, I, I think we do that to our own detriment. So what I feel like we have done is opened up and created a community of people that are willing to share what's working for them. And that's really, you know, where the, where the value is, you know, we get a lot of, we, you know, we get emails and, you know, our reviews and stuff and just say, I just wish pe people would be willing to talk about this more. You know, I, I think that's really what it boils down to is just being willing to share what you know. And, and for me, when I'm posting, you know, when we post the the YouTube videos or or an article that I wrote, you know, I'll share that in in you know the the Cover Band Central group. I'll share it in our group. I'll share it on LinkedIn. I'll share it on you know my personal Facebook. I'll share it in like the Atlanta Musician group. And so you're you're kind of establishing yourself in that marketplace as a person that is competent, knows what they're doing, and you know is willing to give information out. So it's right. great, emo you know, relational capital. You know, it, it's definitely opened up a lot of doors for me in, in my area just because I've been a person who's willing to help other people out, you know? That's good. Yeah, you don't want to be stingy with stuff, with information and things that you've learned. Um, spread it around because it'll come back to you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I'll say this too, just all, all of that for me as well. But um, the other thing that's been great for me about co-hosting this podcast, I um, I am a human being who is prone to sloth and procrastination and um uh there have been a lot of times when i'd have some idea and like oh okay but you know there's another episode of the queen queen's gambit on or something like you know <laughs> um, but i know i'm going to talk to adam on thursday right and so it's been a really good both my relationship with adam and with all of our listeners a really good sort of accountability tool for me to be able to say like i got this thing and am i am i really going to say to the people who download us, like, yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of those conversations we've had. We have, especially in the last year. <laughs> but, but, um, but you know, there have been also a lot of times it's like, 
no, I'm going to call that venue and talk to that person because yeah. I want to be able to talk about it on Thursday, right? Something, something's going to come out of it. It's going to make good content. So I'm going to make that happen, right? Yes, the, the so content that, like drive, like, oh, yeah. well, this is going to be very painful for me, but it's going to be content. So I guess good I'll do content. it. All of the more pain, the better. Too. Yeah. Well, and so, action, action begets action, right? Like you said, oh, once yeah. you're once you're in motion, that kinetic energy just attracts more things, you know, to you. Yep. Well, and talking yeah. about manifesting and stuff, you know, like declaring something, like say, this is a thing that I've been thinking about, or this is a thing that I've been wanting to try, just by speaking it into existence. You know, a lot of that, just getting that far, can be a huge accomplishment. And like Dan said, it can create accountability. So. You know, there's been a, a number of things. I, you know, Dan and I's back channel has just got to be infuriating for people who, reading it because it's just like, hey, I've got another. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this, yeah. but it's just one of those. It, it's just a way for me to kind of like process out loud. And you know, I've got another project that I'm in the process of spinning up, and I, I was like, I think I'm going to start doing this, and I started recording the vocals for it today, and so I, I made like 15 phone calls and like, you know, trying to get a lineup, and I'm like ready to put this thing out. So. You know, just by communicating, by talking about it, by manifesting it in whatever way, like it, it, it matters. It makes a difference. It does. Sure does. I mean, Tony and I talk about this all the time. And Dude. that was something that we talked about over 10 years ago when we we were having these phone calls when he was driving home from his lessons about, you know, law of attraction, manifesting, things like that. And uh, it's cool that you're on that same page. I'm sure we could talk for hours about it, dude. And we'll definitely have to uh, to to reconvene at some point. And, oh, yeah. And. and discuss it further um well because it's very real and right. it's very it's very you know applicable and pertinent to what we do because you just yeah. said it you speak things into existence you declare you know a statement and then it becomes reality and i think the the most important thing to take away from it is never take that for granted right yeah. like even when you're 250 350 episodes into a podcast remember where it started from right it came from an idea and saying hey let's let's just put it out there and let's try it and then you know it becomes habit right because it's, it's a repetitive thing that we've done we develop muscle memory for and it becomes more comfortable which helps us all to grow but we can't lose sight of the fact that it came from nothing yeah you know it came from an idea well it's, it's important to celebrate those wins you know when you you hit a certain number of reviews or uh you cross a certain threshold of downloads you know or whatever like th those are sure. you should it's easy to look around and go you know okay well our facebook group only has a thousand members and you know steve's has 60,000 or 700,000 it, it you know it's easy to to compare the two and be like well you know his is better because there's more but like in reality it's like well you started something from nothing and you got a thousand people join a thing that you made like that's amazing you know yeah, if 15 and you're running people, your own race you know exactly and if 15 people want to listen to what i'm say i'm shocked like you know it's it's crazy. To yeah, think more than one is a win, right? More right? than one. My, it's you know, not my mom. Person. You know, <laughs> we had a joke yeah. in, the first, in the first thirty or forty episodes, like, and to our listener, our listener, thank you for joining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd like to thank Bobby for coming to the show. You're <laughs> seeing that. I mean, yeah, yeah. The way I looked at it always though was, if I could get a hundred people to like this, then I can get a thousand people. If I can get a thousand people, I can get ten thousand. If I get ten thousand, I can get a hundred thousand, and so on. You know, I, I the only limits you're going to have is the ones you put it on yourself. Um, and yeah, you speak it into existence and you don't have to know what you're doing. Like we, Tony and I didn't know what we were doing when we started this. We just started it, Yep. <laughs> you know, we had we big, had... big goals and big, you know, passion to do it. And like you said, we were just thinking big and outside the box and said, you know, we're just going to do it. 
and what? if one person listens or a thousand people listen or nobody listens, we're still doing it. Well, right? yeah, and be so. willing to try new things and fail. You know, every yeah. time you you try something and you fall on your face, well, it's like, well, I better not do that again. I'll, you know, you learn yes. something, you you keep going. So, yeah, I, you know, I mean, our whole conversation, our podcast, and all of this is is all around really like entrepreneurship and you know, content creation. Like that's really where I think we we kind of we all align. And, and there's universal stuff, whether we're talking about cover bands or talking about business or talking about photography or whatever, like there are certain universal truths and, you know, best practices. So, you know, regardless of what angle you're taking, you know, the, the big picture stuff is always going to be applicable. Absolutely. Applicable? Yeah. Applicable. Applicable. And sharing of that information, right? Like you said, Absolutely. people, you know, you're starting out in a band and, and you're worried about how you look on stage and are we all playing together and what kind of this and that and how do we look? And you're forgetting about all these other ancillary things like you're saying about the marketing, the, you know, the whole business aspect of it, which is why, let's face it, most bands have managers and people that take care of that because they're make you know, they're the talent making the music. They don't really yeah. have time for that. But at our level, we have to be jack of all trades. Right. That's important knowledge to have because it's only going to help you to further your endeavors. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but it, we do live in a great, amazing time where it is DIY and, you can learn how to do anything on YouTube, oh, yeah. on the internet. You can, if you want to do something bad enough, you can find out how. Yeah. Just do your research and then and put it into practice. And it, yeah, it covers so many things in life. I mean, not just what we do, but the, I mean, the the biggest underlying thing is is it's about music. It's just, for me, it's all about a celebration of music. It's about love for music and this incredible world of things that intertwine within it, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I applaud you guys for sticking to what you've done. Um, and, and I watch it anytime. Any, I don't always remember it. It's on, but I'm generally on my computer around on Thursday nights. And, and then I see you on, I'm like, and I always try to say, Hey guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, that's great. Hey, and to be yeah. positive and inspiring. And like you said, to share content and to help others, it, it's only going to come back a hundredfold, you know? So yeah. Like you said, the more people that can start to get on board with that and understand that it's not all about, you know, I, I can't show you what I'm doing or I can't share my tricks with you. Yeah. You know, at least for me as an educator all my life, you know, teaching students, you that's what you want to do. You know, you want to you want to teach them all the tricks because you want them to tell all their friends about the tricks and so on and so on. And it's a legacy of, you know, even if it's an unspoken thing that you never take credit for you're helping to build the future of, of you know, musicians and music and creativity. And that's what it's yeah. all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Indeed. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I love that you guys, that this was kind of born out of Cover Band Central too. It, totally. it, it really kind of. Totally was. No, we would not exist if it wasn't for this group. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. That's I, I really, it's awesome it's to me because there's so much stuff that happens that I'm not aware of uh, in, in this group, in this community of, of friendships that have been forged um, and, and bandmates that have come together as a result, things that people have learned. Um, people that have they, argued about nonsense. I've argued made. about, have, have gotten really <laughs> upset about and walked away crying. Um, yeah, I, and, I've got my cargo shirts on right now. <laughs> Curse me out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, those are things I never anticipated, man. When I started it, like that, there were these going to be these heated discussions about freaking cargo shorts and yeah. iPads and music stands and uh, backing tracks. 
wearing <laughs> wearing your own merch is that a thing i, I, I don't it's super probably a thing it, it will be if it's not don't worry wait here you go <laughs> there you go there you go. <laughs> nice. That was the COVID edition one. Yeah. Uh, Chad said, being self-employed, he can appreciate appreciate you guys and your reviews. Much love. Much love back to you, Chad. Even though we're all you're... trying to be self-employed. That's why we're here. Thanks, we're trying to figure right. it out. Yeah. That's right. His avatar is a little aggressive, but that's okay. <laughs> it's a cartoon. Everybody relax. Everybody it's fine. It's cartoon. It's cartoon. There's no such thing as Martians. We have the, the rovers up there. And if that guy was there, we would have seen him by now. That's right. That's right. So helicopter will fly over and find him. Right. Um, all right. So um what's in store for you guys? I know you're just gonna keep plugging away with your um with your podcast, and that's cool. Uh any other exciting things you wanna in our last minute here you wanna yeah, talk I mean, about so we, uh, we've got some stuff that we're we're looking to do, um, you know, some interviews and stuff that we're we're trying to get scheduled. Uh, we recently did one with Jennifer Batten from Michael Jackson's band and, yeah. um, you know, a, you know, trying to kind of plug in with like, we, we like to talk to hired guns cause I feel like the, the discipline's the same. So we're, we're trying to do a lot of that, trying to get more into the YouTube content. You know, we're, we're slowly growing our channel, um, and, you know, adding new stuff and trying to find interesting ways to engage with people. So that's primarily, but like, honestly, we're just kind of ready to get back out to playing again and, you know, doing the things I'd love that to we have gig stories to talk about it would make it would make right. a podcast right. so much easier to have something to talk about you know yeah it, it does feel good i've been out pretty much every weekend for the last few weeks and it does feel good to be back out playing i got a gig um, on friday so i'm looking forward to that yeah me excellent too. uh okay we're gonna wrap this up but everybody please go visit coverbandconfidential.com you'll find out you'll find their 149 previous podcasts on there and if you have you know like five or six days to kill and you <laughs> want to just listen to them all in a row caught up you could do that you could start from the beginning um you should start at the beginning there's there's good stuff at, on episode two and three like we yeah. really get into it yeah we had a we had a vision for what we wanted to say and then we got to episode six it was like well well that was that. now what <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out we, we, we got there you know yeah. by episode 13 14 it starts to gel yeah. again you know for sure. Um, and as always, everybody go visit coverbandcentral.com. Sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It is free. And there's a lot of cool, groovy content on there as well. All right, fellas. Um, we'll reconnect again at some point. We're all Absolutely. in the same thing. Yep. We're all in the same business. And we're doing this. And we're having fun. And there's always stuff to talk about. And I'm trying to find the right thing to click on here. And I'm not. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Dan Ray, Adam Johnson, Coverband Confidential. Go check those guys out. Uh, they are super awesome, as you have seen. And uh, thank you, fellas. We'll talk to you God soon. God bless you, man. Keep up thanks, the good Steve. work. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you guys. Thank you all very much. Yep. Yes, and we'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.